Blog Talk Radio. Let's keep it Hello, good morning, good oh, afternoon, morning, good, good evening, whatever the time of the whatever day may be where you are joining you us, are we are excited to join with you in It's Real, the talk show that brings you real talk on real issues, so amen, amen, amen. Good morning, beautiful people, my hosts are on the line with me, what's up? Good morning. Good morning. Where's Dean? You? you on the phone? I'm right here. I'm right here. I was just waiting for you to go. Oh, I was waiting on you at first, but I heard so many echoes. I didn't know what to say first. <laughs> no, I, I, I was waiting on you because you know what? I'm just so glad to be back. Colette fired me, and I'm just glad to be back. She oh, hired me last weekend. I told her to put you back on payroll. I was I was worried I show, about you. I show, I, I show appreciate it. I show needed my kids here and I need some stamps and some some groceries. I'm trying to tell you. I told her you was down at the food stamp line with me last week. We need to start just Good doing something. God, I'm, about it. I'm talking about real talk, real issues. Anybody got any stamps? These jokers can eat right here. Okay. Help, oh my God. Lord, help. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm going to have a new game reality show called Flip the Food Stamp. Yes, sir. My Lord. Let me ask, are either one of you on a speakerphone right now? Nope, I don't have one. I promise I came off. I got my earpiece. I don't know. I don't know why it's echoing. Anyway, well, bless God. Hold on. I'm going to take out my earpiece and let me see if it make a difference. Hold on. Okay. Did that make a difference? Yeah, it did. It, it really did. absolutely okay. did. Yep, okay. that was what it Thank was. Amen. 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 <laughs> well, you know, um, this is what's in my spirit for today, and I, I was pondering over it for really the past couple of days. Is we as people, as as God's creation a lot of times have no idea what our own value is, what our our self-worth is. And because of that, we allow people to take advantage of us. Um, we at times devalue ourselves even in presenting ourselves to people, you know, and it, it's a definite reflection on how we see ourselves when we look in the mirror or how we feel about what it is that either God has called us to do or the plans that we endeavor to take on. And so I wanted to talk about that today. Um I um I was watching and it kind of came from a, a personal note with inside myself because I was watching a the the conversation between our first lady Michelle Obama and Oprah Winfrey that they had at the beginning of the week at the um women's conference the, in Washington DC something about women in America or something whatever it was but at any rate as I listened to these two powerhouse women talk um, and this is not just related to women, this is just in general, but as I listened to them and I heard some of the things that, that Mrs. Obama spoke and she was talking about, you know, how she valued herself even in going to a job interview. She went, had an interview at one time that she actually took her little girl, Sasha, to the interview with her because, you know, she Sasha was little and um, – 
the people wanted her, and she knew what her value was. So she went, you know, saying that, and I think it was for the vice presidency of a hospital, and she was like, you know, you have to understand my priorities. I have children. Trust me, I'm going to do 120% of the work of the job, but my schedule has to be flexible because I have these other responsibilities. And the thing that she said was when she went there, she knew her worth. So she knew, you know what I'm saying, that she was bringing something very important mm-hmm. to the table, and she got the job, even though she took her child with her to the interview. So, And it just got me to thinking that, you know, so often we devalue ourselves when we're presenting ourselves to others, and so that was really what I wanted to talk about. So, D.L., I want you to start off the conversation this morning because you sell yourself, quote, unquote, all the time because you, you you are an entertainer, you are a minister, you have so many different things going on in your life where you're you're getting um, engagements and different things. How do you um, put a value on what your worth is, even in determining what you should be paid for your your gigs and stuff? All right, I guess I shouldn't have started off the um, show saying I need stamps, so I'm gonna have to read. <laughs> Yeah, because that says that you know you're not making much, but <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna have to redeem myself. All right, no. Um, in, in all in all honesty and truth, um, you have to get to a place. I always get in trouble. I really, really get in trouble with this saying because I tell people it's not conceited or I feel like I'm better than anyone. But I always say this: somebody got to work at Walmart, but it won't be me. That's not my calling. And so I don't mean to say that, you know, people that work at Walmart or any other job, that it's not good because somebody has to do that. What I'm saying is that where God has called me and placed me is not there. And I understand that because I understand my worth of what he's doing. He says I'm the head and not the tail, the limb and not the ball. So let me walk into that. If I do anything less than that, then guess what? I'm not fulfilling my purpose in life. So. Uh, for me, I have always um, come to a point of uh, of getting confidence to say, you know what, I am this, because a lot of comedians or entertainers, for whatever reason, deal with bouts of depression. So we always have mm-hmm. to push through that to understand what our worth is. Our greatest, the, the thing about it is our greatest comedy comes from our worst tragedy, tragedies, I should say. And so, mm-hmm. therefore, it's just the way that we look at it and how we flip it. And so, in that, you have to understand sometimes this thing, not sometimes, all the time, this thing is not about you. And so, what it's about is about those people that you minister to, that you touch, uh, that you even encourage. For me, I have to understand my value to understand my worth. Hear me when I say that. You have to understand your value to understand your worth. Paul was one of the most effective people I've ever read about or began to experience because guess what? Even when Paul, and I'm talking about Apostle Paul, even when Paul was in prison, he was able to release people out of their prisons with his letters that he sent to the churches. Mm-hmm. So what makes us valuable is the gift that God has given us. But what gives us worth is what we do for others and bringing them out of their prison. See, because sometimes you don't feel like being on this radio show and talking, but your value and the worth of it, because it's not about you. It's about everybody out there that's listening. It's about everybody out there that's being delivered by a word that you say, do you realize that there are people that's lined up with your life and all of our lives that God is sending us uh, to and fro through this world to minister to? My pulpit is just different now. My thing is, when I get on stage, I don't say a lot about Jesus, but my lifestyle does. Mm, So therefore, it's more effective. So I have to understand my value and I have to understand my worth because 
if I don't do what I'm supposed to do, if I don't walk in my calling, then whoever's aligned up with my life stays in that prison too much, that much longer. That means that God has to raise up somebody else to do the things that I was supposed to do. So, to answer your question, I understand that nobody can do what D.L. Henry does. Nobody can do what Colette does. Nobody can do what Tanya does. We're all individuals with this great God inside of us. God is big enough to fill the entire world and small enough to be inside of us. But he has so many departments and compartments to his life that he, that he is unbelievable that we can't even imagine to tap into. So he uses millions of people to bring the same message in a different value. Everybody tripped because of the simple fact that I went from the pulpit to the stage. But I'm able to touch more people, even the ones that don't come to church. Because they'll come to a comedy show before they come to church. Mm-hmm. But if you stay around me long enough, you'll begin to experience the presence of God. You might not know what it is, but you know that there's something different. And you know it's something that you want to be around. That's when you begin to understand your value and value yourself. Because can't nobody do what we do, not the way we do it. Everybody's doing it, but they can't do it like Colette. They can't do it like Tanya. And they can't do it like D.L. That's what's so amazing about God. And so you have to understand. I tell people all the time, when you start walking into purpose, how you know you're walking into your purpose when you understand that what would I do for the rest of my life for free? Now, I don't know who's listening, but I will say this. I would do comedy the rest of my life for free, but I don't have to because I understand my worth and I understand my value. And I understand that this is a gift that blesses others. And so when I go to a show, it is not cheap. It's not because I can't even put a number on what. Hear me when I say this. I can't put a number on what God is getting ready to do. Because one thing I know is whatever those people are dealing with, when they're out there in that audience, they ain't thinking about it when I start talking and acting the fool. Mm -hmm. They don't even think about their problems or their situations because they're too busy laughing and enjoying themselves. Everybody can't do that. That is good. That is awesome. Wow. So so many nuggets, so many nuggets of wisdom in what you just said. Tanya, talk about it. You know what? I'm, I'm like where D is. Uh, you know you need to let me talk first because he always takes all my words. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> he's so brilliant like that, you know, when you have brilliant people. <laughs> I just want to say I'm, I'm where he is. You know, when I worked in um, industry, customer service industry, I realized um, I had to be exceptional. I couldn't, you know, I had to tell somebody the other day, I had to come to work and be exceptional because I knew the people depended on me. And, you know, when I began to work, my work ethics were different. You know, I didn't, sometimes you get to the point, whatever, you know, and different things. But through the years as the Lord dealt with me, I had to realize it's your, it's how you value yourself. It's how people treat you. And I had to realize that everybody can do customer service. But like I would tell my bosses a lot of times, nobody can do it like I can. And, and they would definitely say, you are definitely right about that. Nobody can do it like you can. And it's even in my, in my mentoring and things that I'm doing now at school. I have to be able to hold my standards high and hold my head up and walk like I own it because there's so many young kids looking at me. I'm not telling you that I don't slip. I don't tell you I don't get mad or anything like that. But I realize even with my 15-year-old home, we may battle and we may go through what we're going through. But I try to show her that I value myself of how I, I go out in public and how I dress and how – um, if I'm faced with certain things, how I have to handle them because I know she's watching me. Now, when I go up to her school, we laugh because when, I'm, when we go up to her school and I have to talk to one of her teachers, they look in my face and they speak to me because I go up there like a parent and not like Shaquita or Shaquanda's mama. You know, I'm trying mm-hmm. to say with the gold mm-hmm. teeth in my mouth and everything else like that, like I don't know what I'm talking about. 
And it's just mm-hmm. amazing because I have seen parents go up there with house shoes and, and hair wrapped up, and I'm looking going, whoa, whoa. And I can see how when they speak to them, they speak to them just like they look. So a lot of people have to realize something. Your value is not necessarily about the clothes that you wear, but it's by your attitude that you take about yourself. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm kind of speechless now because that's, that's really what it is. Like you're saying, it's a value devalue. When I was out there in the streets, I thought I had value. I didn't realize that I was devaluing myself. Because, mm-hmm. see, when you, you, you get that circling in your mind, if you get in a bad relationship or with someone or, and they treat you bad, then you don't even realize, you don't feel good about yourself. That's why when you're in that relationship, they're either beating on you or talking crazy to you because you don't have any value about yourself. Because if you did, then you would stand up and go, that's the last time you're going to hit me. That's the last mm-hmm. time you're going to say something crazy to me. And I've had, and I know it for the fact because I've had to go through it. That's when you find out what your value is, when you realize that people can't just treat you or talk to you any kind of way. All right. Awesome. Amen. Amen. Drop the mic. But you know what? <laughs> when she was, you when, dropped it already. I had to pick it back up. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, I do want to say this. I do want to say this, and I think that's why I have such a uh, concern for women. And when I say that, I say young women because I, I talk with uh, women uh, quite often just about their relationships that they're in, right, wrong, or indifferent, just about their relationships or situationships. I should say that's a new word that I learned this week. Some people are in situationships, uh, not necessarily relationships, but I tell women all the time, God created you uh, out of man, therefore putting you together for you to become one in marriage. But when you get in relationships or uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, and you begin to give of yourself, and then you're always saying, I hear these women say all the time, well, I'm not asking him for anything. Well, I just think that's the most craziest thing in the world because the most precious thing that you can give a man is yourself, of your body. There's no amount of money. There's no amount of time. But when you give him, I'm saying, of yourself, I'm saying that that's the, the top of the echelon. You, I mean, you can't give no more than that. Mm. And so stop devaluing yourself behind the dollar behind a home, behind a car, behind whatever that circumstance for a temporary fix. You know, because it doesn't, to me, you can't give no more than that. Once you give that, that's why, you know, it wants us to be married because, you know, you give that, that when you when you give, I've come to realize when you give a woman something, that's really going into what her purpose is. A woman is a receiver. A man uh-huh. is a giver. The uh-huh. problem that is happening that the world has become so corrupt, the women are so used to giving and the man is receiving. That's not the way it's supposed to happen because God didn't create us that way. He created the woman to be the receiver, the man to be a giver. That's why, excuse my friends, that's why he gave a man a penis and a woman a vagina. Because the man has to give you something and the woman has to receive it. Therefore, mm-hmm. if a man gives you his seed, you're going to give him a baby. If you give a woman flowers, she's going to make you bread. What I'm trying to say is whatever you give a woman in her truth and, form and her purpose, she's going to make it better. Men don't even realize that if your woman is not giving or your wife is not giving you what you need is because you haven't given her what she needs. Because mm-hmm. the way God purposed it, when you give a woman something and she receives it in love, she's going to make it better. And so the reason why <clears throat> these relationships are terrible is really based off of the need because they're not giving the woman what she needs in order for make it, to make it better. Because that's her purpose. Give her bread. See, I mean, give her flowers. See, don't you make your bread? Give her your seed. See, don't you give you a baby? She creates life. The woman is truly our destiny. So when we give her the things of God, and she creates life, 
for us. Our life is not where it needs to be because the simple fact is that we don't treat women for what their value and their worth is. So I'm talking to all the men. If you want to see your life improve, understand the value and the worth of a woman. All right, I'm done. That's awesome. You know, what? one of the things that you just said is so profound because you can take it and likewise, it flips the script in a lot of women's lives. Like you said, that the man is the giver, the woman is the receiver, and what will amplify it. She will make something out of it. It has that same effect when a man is talking down to a woman all the time, when a man exactly. is to a woman all the time. You know, exactly. and, and so the woman believes what she is receiving is what she deserves. She begins to believe that she has no value. She has no worth. And it even going back to her childhood, if her father or her mother is giving her, especially fathers, because fathers are there to affirm, okay? Mothers are there to nurture. Fathers are supposed to be that affirming one. And so if you're talking down to your daughters if you're, or even your sons, if you're, you're putting into them that they have no worth, they take that and they amplify that with inside themselves. So they go through, especially the girls, they go through relationship after relationship after relationship, being dogged out, being abused, being called all out of their names, being, you know, going through all of this rhetoric because they believe that they have no value because they have received what they have been given. And they believe that they mm-hmm. have no value. Right. And it's, it's really, really sad. And and to couple that with what Tanya said, where it ha- it came a day when you know you stand up and say, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. I do have value, and you can't talk to me like that. I do have value, and I'll be doggone if I'm gonna let you put your hand on me again. You know. So it you you we have. To to a place, and, and I really would love, you know, to start doing seminars with these young ladies, seriously, teaching yes, them their yes. self-worth, teaching them their value, explaining to them that you are not a female dog. Don't devalue yourself by allowing someone to call you that or you putting that label on yourself. I would love to talk to the young men and say, stop devaluing yourselves by showing your butt. That does not add value to who you are. You know, we have to get to a place in society, and we, as the the, the middle age and older generation, because the two of you guys, you're in that middle age range now. I'm I'm transitioning into kind of like the older generation, people would think, you know. But we have to get to a place where we're sowing back into our youth to explain to them what value is all about. Because I don't believe they know. I, I don't believe that they really understand their value, their self-worth. So they take what the world says, even in, in the commercials and what's being propagated on television and in movies and stuff, where, where you're taught that your value is in your sexiness. Your value is in how much you can show and reveal. You know what I'm saying? Especially for women. So all of the stars, when they're walking the red carpet, their dress is cut down to their navel or it's, uh, it's see-through or basically all they have is some little pasties on their breath because they devalue themselves to a place where they feel that their body is their value. You know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. that's their worth. And it's really, really sad because they've not been taught. They've not been taught how to value themselves. They've not been taught what a precious jewel they are, you know. And and the more rare and the more precious jewel that you encounter, the more you take care of it. You you, you honor it. You place it um, under protective care. You, you for okay. For example, what you said, DL, about a woman cannot give a man anything more valuable than giving him her body, which is absolutely true, you know, because when you've given a man your body, you've given them everything you have, okay, because you can't replace your body. You can't replace that. So if your value, if you think that your value is so less or you think less of your value 
to the point where you're sleeping around and you're laying with every Tom, Dick, and Harry that comes your way. Some, some, some people are getting paid to do it, some aren't. Okay, they're just doing it because they just feel that that's right. the thing. And they've devalued themselves to a place where they don't see themselves as rare and precious. Therefore, the man is not going to see them as rare and precious. Okay. I remember um, a few years ago, this was, I think I was still living in Tennessee, and I used to like to listen to Michael Bazin. Um, on the radio, but he said something one day, and it really ticked me off, and I just couldn't get through to get to him, <laughs> but he was talking about um, a nude beach and, and how, you know, cool it was, you know, for the women to walk around at all exposed, and he didn't understand why, quote, unquote, Christians, that's where he went, you know, thought it prudish or whatever, and what I was trying to get to him to say is to recognize and understand that if I value who I am and I think that I'm very precious and special to my husband, then my husband should only be the only one that see me in the news. My husband should be the only one that can partake of that pleasure. I shouldn't be walking around showing it to everybody else because then it's not rare or precious. What would cause him to think it to be precious if everybody else can see it? So, you know, it's just, it really, really, it hurts me that our youth have not been taught how to value themselves. And as you said, Tanya, we show how we feel about ourselves and how we present ourselves. So if, if I don't have enough value for myself to go to a meeting with a professional, a teacher is someone that is in a professional um, place, and I go there and house shoes on, okay, then what value is that teacher not only given to me but given to my child? Because my child is a representative of me. And if and if my child sees me like that, what is that saying to my child, that you didn't care enough about me to even comb your hair to come up here? So now I'm embarrassed because everybody in the, in the school is talking about, girl, I saw your mama, and she looked like da-da-da-da-da. It's really sad that as a society, and, and unfortunately, because all three of us are people of color, unfortunately, this is so profound in our ethnicity that it, it just it hurts me, it grieves me because we don't know we 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 or or we don't care either way. The I, I've said this for years. I'm not mad at Walmart for hiring people um, that are from disadvantaged neighborhoods because thank you, you're giving them a job that is great. However, Amen. you need to train mm-hmm. your people when they come in. You, you know go. what I'm saying? Bumquisha shouldn't be standing at the cash register smacking on her with her hair looking like God knows what. With her cell phone in her hand. Right. Hello. Right. Amen. Amen. Hello. Don't start me on customer you know. service because I am a professional. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. That matters to me. Train them. It matters to me, too. I will stop going to an establishment that gives me poor customer service even though I like what they offer because I value myself, and I think you should value me too as your customer. I totally agree. I totally 100% agree with that. Yes. we, Yes. we We need training. Go ahead, girl. I just, you know what, excuse me, Elder. I just wanted to make a point because, uh, I had to learn something. People say, where did you learn your self-value? Well, thank you, Jesus. I had people around me that loved me, and that wasn't enough. You think that it was. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't enough. Mine stemmed from many things. At the time, I didn't think my mother loved me, blah, 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 blah. But they say, yada, yada, let's move on. But what my girlfriend said something to me one day, my friend Cheryl, and it was very valuable. And she said, Jesus paid a valuable price for me when he died on the cross. Why am I accepting change for me? Why am I accepting a man just giving me change in my hand? And what I told people was, that's it. I'm calling back all the coupons, all the discounts. (laughs) I want it all back. 
I'm no longer devaluing myself. You either it's either all or nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's how you have to approach it. Because if you're around people that don't know their value, then believe it or not, you'll never find yours. It's sad, right. but it's the truth. You need to find yourself around positive people. I heard T.D. Jake say, some of you can't go forth because you, you won't come out of the circle that you're in to find out that there really are awesome people out there. We get so mm-hmm. stuck in being in a rut for so long, toiling in the same thing for so long that you lose yourself. Mm-hmm. And like what Dee said, that's mm-hmm. it, when you do give yourself. But what happens when your innocence is taken young? What happens when you devalue young, what happens if your daddy talked to you like you crazy? Or what happens if your mama talked to you crazy? Well, see, back in them days, our mamas didn't talk crazy to us. It didn't devalue us. It made us strong. But these days, mm-hmm. these kids are so sensitive about everything now. You have to watch what you say to your kids. You have to watch how you yeah. talk to your kids. Because you can tell them they're beautiful and they're awesome all day. But the minute you say, you know what? That was stupid. Oh, you call me stupid? Oh, I'm stupid. So you have to watch what you say now because what we say out of our mouths, believe it or not, is not just in our actions anymore. It is what we're saying out of our mouths. It is. It is. You know, I it um it goes it transcends also not just in our personal life but in our work life. You know, I I can tell you stories where, you know, I began to devalue my worth based on on pay scale. Um, I was asking for a raise. It was at a period of time Mm -hmm. when um, my boss wanted all of us in one place, and and so it was like, okay, well, this is what I need to make that move, you know. And I remember everybody, everybody that has ever worked for me, they will tell you, I give you – really 150%, seriously. I've had people tell me repeatedly in my life, girl, you do the job of three people. And that's just my work ethic. That's just how I do. You know, I work long hours. I will stay there until it's done, whatever needs to be done. But this one particular person and I were asking for the same amount of money. Okay. Now she did one job. I did three. And that's, this is true. This is true. Okay. She got what she asked for, but I got $10,000 less. And I promise you, even though I was working for a man of color, I believe that it happened because of the color of her skin versus the color of my skin because he valued her and thought that, you know, well, um, because of her, her skin tone, I need to do this, but, you know, you'll be okay when it came to me. And different things like that that happens over the years. Recently, just before, you know, I left Atlanta, it was like in, in interviewing and in hiring somebody to replace me. The first person that was hired was hired at a higher salary than I was making and didn't even have the knowledge that I had. I had to stop and think about that. And I made my mind up. I made my mind up because for me, I am such a, a giver. Okay, like, you know, if I know things are tough, then I don't expect you to do such and such. Or, I'm, you know, whatever needs to be done, I'm going to give of myself to get it done or what have you without demanding my just dues. So I made up in my mind, this will never happen to me again because I'm not going to work for anybody else again. It's going to be about me because there is no one that will value me the way I value me. Now, I've had a job a job out there, you know what I'm saying, where I made a good salary because someone else saw myself work. But, and this is, understand it, this is really, really deep. And i got to share this because you guys know I don't, I don't deal in racism or what have you, but this is really deep when I really think about it because a man, a Caucasian man, saw my value more than African-American men. The two African-American men that I work for, devalued me in salary. The Caucasian mm-hmm. man boosted my salary up way above what either one of them would have ever paid me. And that's deep. You know, when you think about it, we as a people, we will devalue our that's own deep. people. That's deep. You're telling the truth, sis, and that's deep. But, you know, you don't learn 
you know, where we're from, the West Coast, and I say this sincerely because D is actually on that side too, Texas and stuff. But I think with Texas, you see a little bit more. But see, in Vegas, I didn't have to experience uh, um, a lot of uh, being degraded when it came to jobs and stuff. At least I didn't notice it at the time. But I think in a way you kind of do because in Vegas at the time, if you were beautiful, we we took a poll. If you're beautiful and you were a little light-skinned, then you definitely got the jobs that you wanted. If you were a little darker, a little bigger or fatter, you know, I'm overweight. Then back then, when we were, you were, you weren't getting the jobs, and that's sad. But it's amazing what you said, sis, because that's what happened when I retired from my job just recently. I just had to realize that my value was so far more worth it. I found myself crying every time I had to go to work because it's sad. Like I told Jerry, when you feel like they're telling you your value is only worth four, four, fourteen dollars and three cents, when it's time to get a raise. And everybody's getting raises to call in all the time, to call in sick all the time. But you're doing everything you're told, but you can't because you maxed out. But they can because you have to because by law you got to. Then you start to worry, who am I? Then I kept thinking, am I not worth it anymore? Am I not good at what I do? Then I had to realize, no, you've just outgrown where you are. And it's time to shift and move so you can really see your greatness. And I'm like you. It's just. It's just nothing like it until you really find out, you know what? I am good at what I do. And when God's timing, he's going to send people around me to see my value even greater than what people have seen it before. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, once, once, once you find out who you are in the Lord, you know, that you have been fearfully and wonderfully made in his image and in his likeness. And he said you are a rare pearl. You are a rare jewel. You know, if God said that about you, then you need to wrap your spirit and your mind and your heart around that and begin to walk it out. Like D.L. says, you know, he's walking out what God said about him. And we have to get that within our hearts and in our spirit so we do not devalue ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, you are quality. You are quality. I don't care what your past has been. That has all been removed. That has been washed away. And from this day forth, I want to see you look in the mirror and tell yourself, I am a rare jewel. I am unique. I am a, a person of favor. The hand of God is on my life, and I will not settle for anything less than what God has for me. Not going to do it. Even I'm going to tell you something, and this is the truth, because I started professing some things over my life a few few years ago, and then I went, out, okay, and, and understand this, your value is not in what you wear or what you drive or whatever, but if you are saying that you're going to walk in a certain place, this is and this is just tying into what D.L. said, if you're saying you're going to walk in a certain place, then don't go backwards. I remember when I turned I 50, I said, I you know what, Daddy, I don't want any more knockoffs, okay? I am 50 years old. Whatever I get, I want it to be the real deal. I don't ever want another knockoff in life. And I've walked in that. So if you see me with a Dooney and Burke, it's a real Dooney and Burke, okay? If you see me with a Chanel, it's a real Chanel. Now, obviously, I don't get them often, but guess what? When you're buying the real thing, you don't have to buy them often because they last. Because they last. You get a knockoff, All right. right away, you got to go get another knockoff because there's no value to it. All right. You know what? Preach that. You, you just preach the sermon. You just preach the sermon. A, that's a message. If you, if you treat a yourself like you Walmart clothing, if you treat yourself like you Walmart clothing, then that's your value. But if you treat yourself like you Chanel, baby, you can't go wrong. Amen. That's a sermon. Baby. That's a sermon. It's true. No, it's man. true. So we we have to make up our minds who are we what are we going to be and carry ourselves in that you know I, I promise you people look at me and see money whether i have a dime or not 
whether I have a dime or not, because that's how I carry myself. And I'll be laughing sometimes, especially, you go to these services, you know, and these quote-unquote prophets, so they claim, they look at you and they see money, so they zero in on you because they feel like they can get a good offering. And I'll be laughing sometimes because it'll be like, seriously? That's funny. That's the truth. That's funny right there. That's deep right there, sis. That's deep. That is so deep. And you have always been like that. I'll tell everybody right now, when she goes shopping, if you ain't ready to spend money, don't go with her. Oh, hey, sis, you still on there? Because <laughs> <laughs> she can spend some money, okay? But that's the truth. But you know what? I've always known you to go first class, and that's why I've always loved you, because you've always done it for the people that you love around you as well. And that's what makes it so great about you, and, that, and that's the truth. And people got to realize that. I, I buy stuff at Walmart. I, it, it, I still go to places like that. I like it. But people don't know it because I can wear something that costs $7 and people think that go. I went to the mall and I spent $200. It's who you are. I want to say something to everybody out there. I did something lately. And I said, I'm tired of the lashes. I'm tired of the makeup. I'm tired of everything. I'm going to see how people treat me when I don't have that on. When I go and see people, do my smile, would it still say the same thing? Because, see, people do treat you differently. But I will tell you this. I stopped wearing makeup, and I haven't worn it. I'm very, very rare, rare now. But I want you to know something. That means your smile has to be brighter, and your attitude and your heart inside has to be greater. So I've noticed now, even without the makeup, it's what's on the inside that radiates on the outside that projects to the world who you really are. Because all that makeup and that weave and them nails and losing all that weight and you are still a nasty person. And there are people out there like that church, in the church to this day and everything, that doesn't mean anything to me. But what you are on the inside, again, ladies, stop trying to fix the outside up so much. I used to be like that because I thought that that was my value. The hair couldn't get long enough. The nails couldn't get long enough. Corey will tell you. And I'm telling you something, that, that, that waistline and, and that drop line in my shirt, it was, couldn't get low enough. But I realized that I couldn't understand why men were treating me like a whore because I was mm-hmm. treating myself like a whore. And I didn't want to believe that. I thought it was the men treating me like that. Until the Lord said to me one day, I said, why? Why are men still treating me like that? And I'm not even in the world like that anymore. And he said, that's because you still have the spirit of Delilah. Hmm. Some of you still have the spirit of Delilah. Some of you still have the spirit of molestation. Some of you still have the spirit of being, of, of, of when you were young and somebody said something wrong to you. Some of you still holding on to so many things in the past that you can't get into your future to find out who you really are. Because who you think you are is the person in the past. But if you walk into your destiny and your future, you'll find that you're greater than what you really thought that you were. Amen. 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 You know, I tell you, I respect you women and your value um, so much, Tan, especially of what you've come out, uh, you know, of and the testimonies that I've heard uh, from you personally of the things that you've come out because what people have to understand is it doesn't matter where you're at right now. I know that God is a redeemer and he's um, married to the backslider, as they say, in the AME church. But know that your value in God, you can do what it is that you need to do. But you know what? I, I, I think so strong. I thought about you so much um, this past week. Uh, Colette Simply because of uh, Muhammad Ali And a lot of people Don't know about uh, What you did Before you became this dynamic uh, Evangelist woman of God That you know you traveled In in the boxing world And Mm -hmm. I just Think about um, The things that you done even working with Don King because you never really talk about that. But you know what? You had to have, you had to value yourself because you was in a male-dominant mm-hmm. industry. 
but you held your own to the point where Don King and other promoters are coming to you about things that need to be done. So Mm -hmm. explain to the people how even in a male-dominant profession, how your value and how you made yourself so valuable to them. First of all, I had to value who I was personally, okay? And in doing that, that meant that I could not sleep with everybody that was around. Um, I saw women yeah. come and go in through the sports, and, you know, all everybody set up and talked about them because they were, you know, the boxing whore, basically, <laughs> you know, um, slept with, yeah. with half the fighters out there and what have you. I did not do that. Um, and the fact that I demanded respect from the fighters, even in conversation, you know, you because I was in charge of all of the logistics and the ticket sales and, you know, your travel and your rooms and all of these different things and your guest list and all of that, I had to interact with them on a daily basis. And in interacting, you had to come at me correct. You couldn't come at me screaming and hollering and yelling and going off or getting right up in my face because I'm not that one. So because I demanded that they respect me when they came at me, respect me, they did. And therefore, I was everybody's, either I was their big sister or their little sister or auntie or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So they put me in, in a place in their lives where could nobody come near me, could nobody, you know, get at me, and God forbid somebody come at me wrong and one of the other fellows was around, they're going off because you can't talk to her like that. That one you can't do like that, you know. So it was in my value for myself, and I believe that's why I was in the industry for 28 years, you know, because Don appreciated my stand. You know, that people couldn't come at me. We we had a conversation one day. This is when Mike first came on the scene, Mike Tyson. And we had went, I was with Mike, Don, and somebody else, and we had went shopping. Don loved to shop. We had went shopping. And Mike was just tugging on me and pulling on me. And it was like, would you get up off of me? Because I'm not the one. And I remember when we pulled up at Don's house, I looked at him. I said, you better get your boy. Because I'm not the one. And he knew. He burst out laughing, but he knew because it was funny to him. And he was just like, come on, man. You know, you're going to leave her alone. Just come on, man. Seriously. But I promise you, here we are 20 years later, you know, and if I see Mike today, Mike will walk up to me. He will hug me. Hey, what's going on? He told my son, he said, I respect your mother. Okay? Because I was that one. No, you can't do that. You know, so you have to value yourself. You have to value yourself for anybody else around you to put value on you. And if you demand respect, how do you demand respect? By giving respect. That's how you mm-hmm. demand it. It's like you, I, mm-hmm. if, if they were to come in my face, and I've had this happen on numerous occasions, going out, it's like, wait, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. I've never come at you wrong. I've never cursed at you. I've never raised my voice at you, and you are not going to do it to me. You need something from me, so you need to take it down a notch. And I promise you, and they will come right on down. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm just upset. Okay, I understand that. Now, we can work through what you're upset about, but you got to come at me right. you got to come at me right. So that's how you demand that people respect you is you give it. And you never stoop to somebody else's level. Just because somebody else is acting the fool and cursing and going all off. Remember, I got saved working for Don. So you got to understand, I had been working for Don almost 10 years when I got saved. I started working for Don in 79. I didn't get saved to 88, okay? So before that, you know, my mouth was just as bad as the rest of them. But I still had that reverence and respect because I still wasn't sleeping around. I still, you know what I'm saying, had demanded a certain air of respectability about myself. And and I promise you, it comes from how you value yourself. If you devalue yourself to the point where you think the only thing you are worth is for somebody to climb up on top of you, then that's how they're going to see you. That's how you're going to be perceived and treated. But if you let people know, you know, you have value for yourself, 
you love you and how you present yourself to others, they're going to respect that. They're going to respect that. So basically that's, that's how it was. It was just, you know, I respect me, you're going to respect me. And it started at the top. It started with Don. I respect me, you're going to respect me. And that was basically it. Wow. Um, seriously. When I grew up. It's, um, when, go ahead. I would have to say when I grew up, I want to be like you, Colette. <laughs> you are so silly. <laughs> you are touched with a, with a sprinkler. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> oh my so God! Cool. But he said oh we had to have a special person on the show. Okay, I know that's what it was. You hiring like Walmart now? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I know. I just love him. You know what though? I'm gonna tell. I want to say something though. I, from the time that I met you and you were working for Don, and the time that I. We show up at your job, whether we were at home or Florida, when you were in town or whatever. I've known everything you just, just said out of your mouth to be the truth. I can vouch for all that and more and how people looked up to you and did value you. And you didn't play. And they knew it. They knew if they came in that office, they better came correct. I promise you, when don't come in that office, y'all mess with nothing. <laughs> Not a piece of paper because she will know it. But... um. <laughs> I just think that, again, like you're saying, today's message is not making anyone feel bad if you still feel like Mm -mm. you don't know your value. It's just to help you know that no matter where you are in your life, it's never too late to know your value. And it's often we have D on the phone and can give us that male side. And and he's Mm -hmm. telling the truth. I've sat down and I've talked to D. And, um, and, it, and, it, and what he's saying is to be the truth. So, you know, I'm praying that many listeners that, and the, for the ones that pick up the show later on, you have to know this. It's so important to read the Word of God because that's really where you know how much he loves you so much. Mm-hmm. And when you find out that somebody that you can't even see to give them fathom to know can love you no matter who you are and where you've been in your life, that's where you first learn your value. And it does change. And even though uh, when you first read it, it may not, the change don't come overnight, and it can. God can do anything he chooses. But one thing I'm here to say, if you keep on pressing it, you keep on believing it, working it, the word, and trusting it, you will eventually, somewhere along that line on your road, you will know your value, and it is awesome. Yeah, we, you know, the the whole purpose of today's show is to build your self-esteem up, not tear it down, to say that no matter who has devalued you in the past, know that God has placed great value upon you, and that's your creator, that is your sustainer, that is your provider, he is your all in your all. And if the one that created you created you for value, Regardless of who has devalued you, you need to recognize who you are in him and allow that to set the standard for your life. Please hear us. Nobody is saying anything is wrong with shopping at Walmart or working at Walmart. Please don't misunderstand. We all start somewhere. You know what I'm saying? We, we've all done or what have you. And still, like Tam said, I'll go to Walmart in a heartbeat. But, you know, it's it's whatever I'm doing, it's because of the situation or the circumstance. So I don't allow my situation or circumstance to define who I am. I'm still who God created me to be. So whether I'm in flip-flops or Stuart Wisman shoes, it doesn't matter. I'm still who God created me to be, and he created me in, with value, with great value. Amen. And, and even saying that, uh, I tell people it doesn't matter where you come from or what your circumstances may be. Amen. The the common denominator in understanding your value is understanding who you are and whose you are. 
And when you get that relationship with God, then that catapults you just to a whole other level. And I say that not to be religious, but I say that to be truth. Because I tell people all the time, I'm just a project kid that God raised up to travel the world to bring a message to millions. If he can do it for this project kid, because that's the difference in being delivered and being made whole. To look at me now, you will never know where I came from. So you would understand, oh, he's, you know, been successful. No, I'm a project kid that God has blessed. That shows you when you begin to understand your true worth and your true value, where you can go and who you can be. But I'm convinced the only way that you even begin to understand that is begin to understand purpose. And your purpose starts by having a personal relationship with God. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. It's all tied up in that. It is all tied up that in who you are. Who are you representing when you walk out your front door? Who are you representing? I know as kids, you know, a lot of times your parents will tell you, you know, you are, I'm, you are a Sparks. I was a Sparks. You know, you better represent that name correctly. <laughs> you know, don't go out there acting a fool and embarrassing the family name. Well, think about it. You are representing, quote, unquote, Christ. Okay? If you're naming yourself a Christian, and how are you representing him? Even in how, how you post on Facebook, are you posting um, prejudicial posts or talking down about a certain group of people or slandering somebody else? That's devaluing who you are because you're not properly representing him. You know, there's so many different ways we devalue our worth. And we need to stop it. We really need to stop it. It has hurt my heart just to see some of the posts that have been put up over the ordeal in Orlando last weekend. These are people that are hurting. People's lives were taken. Okay? You're not their judge and jury, and you're not the one that should be saying, well, they got what they deserved. Are you kidding me? Christ said that he wished that all would be saved and none would perish. So it's not about them getting what they deserve. It's like, oh, my God, Lord, did they? Did I miss it? Was I not on my post to pray for them, to cover them, or what have you? You know, we've got to stop naming the yes. name of Christ and then just living our lives any kind of way. It grieves me, even yes. when I see gospel artists, especially the females, and they're out there looking just like the secular people with the dress cut all the way down to the navel and what have you. Who are you representing? You better come on, somebody. Ooh. Come on, somebody. Ooh. Say it like it is, because it's real talk, ain't it? That's, that's, that's deep yes. right there, baby. That's deep. That yes. is so deep right there. That is so, so, oh, man, that just made me want to cry. That's beautiful. That is the truth. You are singing and performing like the world. And when you think singing a song in your head and moving your body in another way, that means that that song is sending the wrong message. That's right. What message are you sending to your body? That's deep, sis, because you better pray that none perish. And if one of them was in your face and you couldn't have nothing kind to say about Christ, that's when you Thank better you. get scared. Whoever. That's Thank when you, you better get scared. If you let one does perish. Not the, does not the word of God say, with loving kindness have I drawn thee? Yeah, that's it. Come on. You're going to start me to talking. Come on. Come on. Yeah. With loving kindness have I drawn thee. So, you know, we, we devalue even the body of Christ. Because we're not walking in in the love of Christ, okay? We're not doing what he called us to do. We're not being who he called us to be. We're a human being. He called us to occupy until he returned. How are we occupying? How are we occupying? Well, to God be the glory. Um, You each have 20 seconds to say goodbye. (laughs) Go ahead, Tanya. Yeah, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna let D go first. Go ahead, go first, D. Oh Lord. <laughs> go ahead. Good. How you say goodbye for twenty seconds? Good. Bye. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord,
awesome time. It has been an awesome time. And so, you know what? Just remember, know who you are and whose you are. Understand that nobody can put a number on your life. Know that you're irreplaceable and know that the gift that God has for you is not for you, but it's for others. Therefore, how can you even put a price on that? Come on, somebody. Mm. Awesome, awesome. Go ahead, Tanya. If you have devalued yourself at a point in your life, it's any time you can turn your life around. It doesn't matter again, mm-hmm. like we're saying, if you wear the most expensive clothes or the cheapest clothes, it's how you are on the inside that matters. I love everybody. Yes. Be blessed. Amen, amen. Well, this has been a great show. We pray that it has encouraged your heart encourage you to recognize who you are in the Lord, that you are a pearl of great price. God has placed an incredible value upon your upon you. So walk in that. Walk in not in conceitedness, but in confidence, in confidence that you are his child and he loves you through it all. And no matter what anybody else has said about you, he has said you are great. You are great. Have an incredible week. We will see you or hear from you or talk to you again next weekend. God bless everybody. Let's keep it real.